Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. In this Truth and Movies, Rampage, or as they're calling it, We Fought a Zoo, the Rock v. Giant Animals movie so big, dumb and implausible it could run for president. And Western, Valeska Grisbach's contemplative portrait of a German in Bulgaria. Hey, Grisbach and hair. A search for belonging, a clash of cultures, a horse. Plus, man with no name rides again in Sergio Leone's spaghetti Western classic, A Fistful of Dollars, in Film Club. That's your Truth and Movies, a Little White Lies podcast. Hey, everybody, and thank you, listener, for joining us today, where we're joined by Hannah Woodhead. Hey. Hello, Hannah. And Elena Lazic. Hello. Hello. <laughs> All good? Very good. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. It's been a testing week, I think, particularly at the movies. Yeah, it's yeah. been a yeah. long week. Yeah. Long week? All long right. week. We'll see how much joy these particular films brought to us. And we're going to begin with the extraordinary, thought-provoking uh, rock opus that is, rock opera, you might say, that is Rampage. Swollen by science to an unfeasible size, a creature strides the streets of an American city. He is the rock, and he's going to save us from giant animals who've only got an inhaled gas made by an evil corporation that wants to genetically modify things. When will scientists learn? Here is The Rock playing primatologist Davis Okoy having a chat with his assistant. It's weird. You like hang out with animals more than people. Yeah, well, animals get me. I rescued George. He was two years old. George never would have survived on his own. He definitely trusts you. He's not just a friend. Family. All right, Hannah, it yeah. was a squabble about who was going to get to review this, but you've gone and drawn the uh, the long straw. Two months ago, when I saw the trailer for this film, I said to uh, my esteemed colleagues, David and Adam, I'm, I'm going to be reviewing that for Little White Lies. I made it very clear that this was my thing. Have you filed your report? I have, yeah. What numbers did you get? I'm going to just was, it, go straight it, to the numbers. We're, go, we're going rogue this week. It was a solid force for me. Really? I loved it. Me wow. and... Um, Robbie Collin fighting the good one, the good fight on this. Okay. The only two critics who seem to have liked this film. It, yeah, it's a little bit uh, Custer's Last Stand, I fear. And, and I suspect Elena and I are going to be Native Americans whooping it up as we circle you, bows in hand. Uh, but go on, let, let's hear why you enjoyed um, so, this movie so much. Uh, yeah, I'll give the listeners some context mm-hmm. for this movie. So 
Uh, this is the story of a man called David Okoye, who is a primatologist. He works at in a zoo in San Diego uh, with a albino gorilla called George. And due to a nefarious sort of science accident, George is mutated into a giant version of himself who goes on the titular rampage with a giant flying wolf and a giant mutated crocodile. Mm. There's some debate over whether it's a crocodile or an alligator. I think it's a crocodile. But it's not the biggest question I had about this film, I have really? to say. Really? Uh, yeah. For me, that was the thing that really threw me out. Okay. And the opening of this film is genuinely one of the best openings to a film ever. It involves a, a giant, giant rat, rat in space. In a space station, oh, yeah. 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 The opening of this film, it's interesting, it, it effectively does alien for you in, in the space of about two minutes. <laughs> yeah. And then they do... Planet of the Apes in the space of about two minutes. A bit later, they reenact a key scene from Aliens, complete with dialogue. Are you getting this? As they're staring at the a, <laughs> a bank of monitors showing the POV camera outputs from a, a group of elite yeah. uh, Marines. But anyway. It's also worth mentioning for those who aren't familiar with Rampage, the video game. Mm. Rampage was created for a American eatery not dissimilar to TGI Fridays called Dave and Buster's. So oh. it's it's a video game that was created specifically for a diner that has now been adapted some 30 years later into wow. a massive blockbuster. And it bears no resemblance to the game in which you are a giant monkey or a giant lizard or a giant wolf destroying a city. In this, it's very much trying to stop the... Uh, Giant monkey. Sorry, gorilla destroying yeah. a city. But I, I loved it. I thought it was absolutely ridiculous. The dialogue was absolutely terrible. And it was just really good fun. I think Dwayne Johnson is an absolute delight. And this was a film that couldn't have worked without him. Mm. Without him, it would have yeah. just probably been very... I probably wouldn't have enjoyed it. But he's so charming and so charismatic. And he had uh, Naomi Harris and Jeffrey Dean Morgan co-starring, who were also very charismatic, very sort of larger-than-life characters in the film. And it all worked for me. I had a great time. It's funny. It's touching. There's a great message about how America tries to bomb everything and maybe they need to step back and let the scientists try and deal with the problems. Interesting. And, uh, yeah, I thought it was great. But I am very excited to hear your views on the subject. Well, Elena, what were your views on the subject? Um, I agree with you that the opening sequence in space was great, but basically I thought it was kind of all downhill from there <laughs> because that was so stupid and so funny and in a way like quite sadistic and violent and, and like really stupid. I couldn't believe that someone would open a movie with this. And I was like, oh, wow, I'm ready for this. Yeah. And and then everything else, I mean, it was funny and the dialogue is terrible and like there's this amazing... Jeffrey D. Morgan, usually I really can't stand him, but here... Uh, they made him like funny uh, for some so, reason. He's a Texan guy and he's got an accent. He's ridiculous. And I thought he was quite fun. But usually I really despise him. Where do you normally see him then? <sighs> Just all these like direct to video films okay, that I watch for some reason. He plays a major part in, in The Walking Dead right yeah. after The Walking Dead. Right, stopped, I have not stopped. seen that. Yeah. We, so it, I'm a big Walking Dead fan. So I used to be. Well, I stopped... Beginning of the later season, I started uh -huh. watching it because I yeah. kind of gave up caring. I thought he was quite good in The Walking Dead. Again, he's exactly the same character. Exactly the same character. Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah, not his, exactly the I same. I was like, where does this come from? <laughs> oh, is he not normally playing like that? No, he's no. not Texan. No, no okay, like, the just, accent's he's maybe like from Seattle different. or something. But he does live on a farm now. Oh, really? With his wife and his kids and That's several anyway, horses. I, I wish him so. the best because he is an engaging character. If yeah. Based on the performances I've seen, a little bit one note. But yeah. anyway, so he was good. You enjoyed Naomi Harris and The Rock. Yeah, they were fun. It was just so funny to see The Rock like talk to obviously a fake giant gorilla and say, George! 
all the time and call him Dr. George, no, George. Like, and he and, he and does just, it well, I And think, he looks huh? so sincere because mm. The Rock is so good and like, he's so, you believe him and at the same time you're like, what am I watching? Right. And it's amazing. Am I right in thinking that they've got a John Cena The Rock movie in the works? I don't know about that, but I do know they're making a Fast and Furious yeah. spin-off with uh, Jason Statham. Uh, it's not Calvin and Hobbes. I want it to be, but it's not. Dwayne Johnson has coined the the uh, the name Dwaytham to oh. represent them, oh, which I think wow. is, is, is That's great. Very cute. That's great. Yeah, but anyway, back to this film. Yeah, um, this also is the reunion of uh, two actors from Watchmen. If anyone oh. is a fan of the Zack Snyder, I. Like I like Watchmen, it's you know. Good. That's yeah. actually good. in my usual. I don't like Jeffrey Morgan, but I like him in Watchmen. He's good in Watchmen. He's from the beginning, and he's great. Yeah, yeah, I completely forgot. He's really good in that. And this yeah. is the I reunion. I didn't like Watchmen because I liked the original book. I like them both. Okay. Anyway, back to Rampage. <laughs> this is so. This is the reunion of uh, Jeffrey D. Morgan and Malin Ackerman, who okay. was in Watchmen as well. Oh, yeah. She plays the villainess in this, a very sort of um, Ivanka Trump style. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Cruella de Vil. Yeah, sc- mm. scheming, and she's got a younger brother whose role is just to stand there and eat which and, is very and freak out and freak well, out she... which is very le- relatable for me if this <laughs> was happening to me I would be standing there stress eating and freaking out but That's yeah she, it's very strange to have like she, she, these two very incompetent villains who are still meant to be quite scary I mean that's the reality of today this is true. Yeah, maybe the whole thing is just an allegory for. Well, they, they are interesting villains because they are essentially trying to cover up their involvement in, mm. in the existence of these giant animals. And the way they resolve this is by activating a beacon, and this is a little bit of a spoiler, on top of their building, <laughs> which will basically draw the animals straight to them. It seems like a silly way of solving yeah. a problem. Yeah, although yeah. I guess if you go and see a movie about 30 foot wolves jumping onto helicopters, you kind of have to check your questions at the door really there is a great moment which is in the trailer so it's not a spoiler where the wolf um, is flying uh-huh. and uh, the rock just looks at it and goes of course the wolf can fly which is like <laughs> the, the whole film is just you go of, of course this yeah. is the logic we're buying into and for me it totally worked I thought it was a strange B movie that had somehow become well this... now, it's interesting you say that because I agree with you Elena the start was really interesting and I was chuckling away at all the cheesy liners etc until probably the bit after the Special Forces team encounter the wolf. Mm. And when we then got to the bit where all the animals rampage around the city, it was just too neat, too polished almost, the CGI. Because it made you think of the, all the old classic B-movies of, of giant mm. lizards and stuff. And there's a hokiness about them, a charm. This was almost too tame. The CGI yeah. was so it was good. It was very that it, realistic and kind of yeah. horrible to see all those people dying. There's a shot where uh, one of the monsters like topples over a boat with people in it. And I'm mm. like... Oh wow! I just did tree drown like two hundred people, and that's and just also a is show. that an alligator or a crocodile? I don't know. I mean, don't yeah. ask me about that. I don't yeah. know. I'm so, sorry. so that's the thing. I, I just, I just found it's very it yeah, nasty and and a bit pointless as well. Would you I say? Mean, well, yeah. There's yeah. a great moment near the end again. This might be a little bit of a spoiler, but probably not. Where Jeffrey Dean Morgan's Texan comes in and he goes, "You saved the world." And it's no, oh, no, so they no, do no, save no. the he world. He says, thank you for saving the world. And it's and just, it's, everyone you, laughed. You, it was amazing. You saved downtown Chicago, I guess. Yes. <laughs> the stakes are not very high in this wow. film. Because like, uh, all the way through, I was thinking that they're so like, they're obviously, like, we've got to stop these giant monsters. Mm. But once the monsters destroy Chicago and mm. rampage around the United States, they apart from the crocodile, yeah. they can't leave the United States. Well, except that the, the flying wolf could, the flying but, wolf but could distance. But he can't fly, he can just like float. He can glide. Well, we haven't yeah. seen him try and swim yet. Of course the wolf can swim. That would be the, <laughs> that's the sequel. Um, please God, no. The, you, the rock is so naturally charming. 
and I loved him in San Andreas, which was by the same director. Yeah, yeah, which I thought was more a lot more serious. They were taking yeah. everything very seriously in this, and uh, in San Andreas, and this is just nearly two hours, mm. I, I must say. Mm. Of, uh, it did feel a bit of, long. Yeah, just ridiculousness. But it's so charming to see The Rock playing this character who is ex-Special Forces, but he, he just really loves monkeys. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, it's nice to see him get to do something where he's not just a hard man who occasionally says yeah, something Yeah, he's really funny. branching he's, out with this role. Yeah, yeah. I, I think <laughs> so. And, and if, if you've ever wanted to see a CGI gorilla yeah. flip the bird to the rock, then, yeah, this you know, is the this is the movie. It. it happens more than once. It certainly does. So you've given this fours across the board. Yeah, for me it's solid fours. Okay. Elena? I would say three because it's still quite fun, I guess, but I was kind of disappointed. Were you? I, was, I wanted it to be more stupid if it was going to be stupid. Yeah, I see what you're saying. <laughs> it was stupid, but also just kind of in a, not in a very stupid fun way yet. so after right. a while I was a bit tired of it yeah I would say maybe anticipation three although when I saw the trailer two months ago I remember saying to myself there is no way I'm going to see that film <laughs> cut to two months later by that point I thought yeah this is probably going to be quite fun but twos afterwards I would mm. say yeah really oh, one final note mm. about this which is just a great detail in the film you notice in the villain's office they have a rampage arcade machine mm. so the inference of that is that they had played this game and, and thought it was a great. The they thought it was a great idea. <laughs> they, you know, that's like the movie in one scene. Magnificent. So the next rock appointment at the cinema, which no doubt you've already booked to the review duties on, mm-hmm. is Skyscraper, which is in June. Is that right? <sighs> that's see, the one where he gi- the ju- does that in kind of thirty foot leap. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I don't think he does the jump for real. No, I don't think he, he genuinely Tom did. Tom Cruise would have done it for real. Tom yeah. Cruise would have. But a lot of people drew graphs on, on photographs and, and <laughs> kind of parabolas to illustrate the fact that, you know, humanly no one could do it without considering the fact rock. that it's, I mean, it's, it's the, the rock. rock. It's the yeah. rock. I'd love to see a John Cena, the rock vehicle. Maybe we can uh, make that happen. I, can, I can't believe that it's not already in the works. As soon as they can find an old video game to base it around, <laughs> that'll be on the way. So, all right, well, mixed feelings then about Rampage. And very shortly, we'll be seeing if there's any more consensus over Western. First, though, let's have a little comment from listener Anthony Ashworth, who's got in touch. You can do the same if you like. Email is truthandmovies at tcolondon.com. There's the Twitter address at LWLies, or there's Facebook, or the Little White Lies website, which has a podcast corner on it. Anthony says... I'm going to see Let the Sunshine in tonight. No review of it on Truth and Movies? Well, actually, we're doing it next week. Uh, I know nothing about it, though, so that's going to be interesting. But, continues Anthony, have you seen it, actually, Hannah? I haven't, but I've heard great things. I've seen it twice, and (gasps) it's great. Okay. It's amazing. Now, uh, Anthony says he saw The Machinist on our recommendation and was blown away by it. Loved the ghost train, exclamation mark. He says, for what it's worth, his recent favourites that we've talked about, Florida Project, Fandom Thread and The Square. Oh, by the way. Yes. Uh, Terry Notary from The Square, the the guy who plays the monkey. He's ah, yes. the guy who obviously plays the gorilla no. in Rampage. Ah, and you're it, kidding. And I, I was, they haven't really changed his face in Rampage, so I was like, oh... This is just you the guy from the square, him. and I recognised it was really disturbing because he and just looks check, human. But it's just I checked, him. yeah, it's him. That's and amazing. I, and also, what's funny with this guy is that every time when he plays, because he's he's like in all the films, he's also playing of the apes and stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. when Andy Serkis isn't available. Yeah, yeah no, yeah, pretty much. And uh, does he, he do always the rock has, as well? <laughs> he always has like his daughters to play baby monkeys in the films, oh. and so they're always credited. And I noticed it was really sweet. Oh, right. so sweet. Very sweet man. I mean, from his 
internet Chris presence. But, uh, yeah. yeah. Although quite menacing in the square. Very menacing. Very menacing. Hmm. Oh, anyway, Anthony Ashworth was saying he hated Mother and he suggests four film club. How about Taxi Driver and or Life is Sweet? A great suggestions, Anthony. As well as Let the Sunshine In, we're going to be talking about that Guernsey film. Oh, oh, oh worst my. named film of the I year. Really I really want to see it. it. Yeah, I don't know if you need the word named in that sentence. But anyway, <laughs> Jerome Huben says since it's almost a year since Jonathan Dem passed away, we should really watch his best film, 1986's Something Wild for Film Club. That's a good idea because I've that not seen it. Idea. By the way, another thing we're going to be doing next week, because it is an anniversary or the anniversary also of the start of Truth and Movies, we're going to be picking out. Asking all our contributors for their favourite three films of the last 52 weeks. It's going to be interesting to see what makes the list there. Huh. And do feel free, by the way, listeners, to send in your top three. Now, anyway, it's time to tackle a film which, who knows, might make somebody's top three of the year. Western. Western, a kind of reverse Alvidesenpet, a group of German construction workers start a tough job in the Bulgarian countryside. But as the work falters and tensions build with the local villagers, one of the workers tries to construct something else entirely. Elena, mm-hmm. Western. First off, is it a Western? Well, I think it's really funny that we have a film that's, if you watch it, it's not really a Western, like there's no cowboys or anything, but... It's called Western. It's like the time when people said Logan is actually a Western. Well, this one is playing that game as well, but like very obviously. I don't think it is a Western, but it really taps into so many elements of the Western. It's actually quite amusing when you watch it and you, you notice, oh, they're taking over this land. Oh, they're meeting the people who live there and the outsiders. Oh, uh, there's the beautiful lady of the village and he wants to seduce her. Like, there are all these elements, but they don't feel introduced in a weird, unrealistic way. Like, they they just happen. Yeah, there is a horse that plays a major part in the film. But, um, yeah, it is, in a way, a Western, but it also just is not, like, necessarily... It's uh, not in the old West. It doesn't feel forced. It's it's just, like, a really well... It's a really interesting parallel, but Mm. you don't have to even know what Western is like to enjoy it. There's also the the notion of a a very taciturn loner, Mm -hmm. which is a trope you often find. Who looks amazing, by the way. Looks amazing, yeah. There's two hours. Yeah, the Bulgarian landscape's good, but most of the film was kind of played out across Meinhard Newman's face. Mm -hmm. Meinhard Newman, the uh, the aforementioned construction worker who drifts away from his own group and finds all sorts of things, things that the movie kind of sets you up to expect one thing, but then consistently fails to deliver on it in a really charming way. Yes, it really keeps you on toes. Mm. I have to say, when I watched the film at the beginning, I didn't know anything about it, and I was kind of worried. I was like, I don't understand what's happening, I don't understand. And then it started getting into the story, and I was really, really um, into it. I was like, oh, this, I started to understand what it's doing. It's so beautiful, it's so well made, the story's so moving. And so when it ended, because I was watching on a, on a special link, I just went back to the beginning to rewatch ah. the beginning of the scenes that I didn't understand. I was like, ah, I understand so much better what he's doing. And yeah, it's a really great experience to watch. Like, It's a movie that has a very special like language that you get to understand throughout and it's very, so beautiful. Mm. The I was language, really hypnotised by it in a way I didn't expect at all. Yeah. It's a very different style of editing. And the whole language thing, that one of the issues in the film is that he doesn't speak Bulgarian. Mm. The Bulgarians, by and large, don't speak German. And that there is this, there's 
endless conversations in which one of the people involved doesn't mm. understand a word of what's mm. being said. And similarly, it feels like Valeska Griesbach, the director, I'm not familiar with at all, but apparently she was a script consultant on Tony Erdman, and the director of Tony Erdman has worked on a producer on this, but they're very different in tone, the, yeah. the two films. But sorry, the thing I was going to say was that language is almost the least important thing in this, this film. It's all about telling a story through glances or little gestures, even in the editing. Mm. It takes a very different approach to kind of telling the narrative, exploring the narrative, I guess. It's a film you have to pay attention to. And there's no music, which is really mm. interesting. I think, um, for me, music plays such an important role in the film. And I and I noticed kind of like halfway through, I was like, there's no music in this. It is so reliant on language and the lack of language mm. and so much is conveyed just through Meinhard's face even through the way he walks and the way he moves around this unfamiliar landscape and the interaction between him and the horse the horse I can't give enough praise to the horse is magnificent in this <laughs> yes, and uh, it's interesting to see a western inverted commas right. made by a woman and the way she deals with this large group of very uh, masculine men would you call it a western I think I think if she hadn't called it western would you would you have thought of westerns with yeah, this film really definitely. yeah I think it's the modern iteration of a Western. Mm. If you think of something like Hostiles, which is like, uh, which came out and was very much billed as a Western, this to me feels more of that genre and it feels more poetic. It's what I would want from a Western, mm. more so than any very literal interpretation we've had from kind of mainstream Hollywood. Yeah. It's lovely to see a kind of European slant on that as well. Mm. It's a very European feeling movie. And um, again, I went into it not knowing anything about it and I was really pleasantly surprised. It's it's kind of a film you have to stick with and a film you have to commit to, which is why I'd recommend going and seeing it at cinema because I, f I find yeah. it's, quite, it's a lot easier to concentrate on a film like this when you are just sat. I think this is one that really would benefit from seeing it on, on a big screen. Right. And act actually to people who've seen Tony Erdman, which is very interesting what you said, because it's basically like a feature-length version of that bit where they go to meet the people in the countryside who are going to build something in right. Tony Erdman. Yeah. And I was like, I was watching West, and I was like, oh, this is so similar. Again, German people in a foreign land and like communicating mm -hmm. with the people who are very welcoming and hospitable. If you want an idea of what it kind of is like, it's this. But also when it ended, I was so in love with the film. I was like, oh, I could watch like a <laughs> mini series of this. And then the following this man just getting used to this land and learning and if, if going through indeed this is what crisis. Happened, because one of the things I really liked about this film is that, as I kind of mentioned, it continually seems to be setting the storyline up for certain twists that you're very familiar with from a billion mm, other movies, yeah. and then just not delivering on them. Especially the thing where they don't understand each other and you yeah. think it's going to create a big conflict, but if they just sit down and have a drink, yeah. <laughs> it's really yeah. nice. It's a very real film in that sense. And I also like the fact that in the end, it even doesn't kind of buy into the central plot line, which is about a man looking for a fresh start, looking for... So it, it sets that up as a theme, but at the end it doesn't kind of offer it even as, a, as an easy answer. I thought it was excellent. I had kind of medium expectations, I guess, but really enjoyed it, mm. and even more so afterwards. So probably a three, four, five or something like that. Yeah, yeah. same, I think. Yeah. I, maybe probably four, four, five, because I've heard that she was really good. But uh -huh. also, like, it made me want to watch other films which happen to be on Mubi right now, Ooh. if people have Mubi. And I, I'm going to watch them, like, whenever I have the chance. Do you know anything about them? How did no, you know I don't know anything. I don't, but this is her first film film in about 12 years mm. so she took quite a break i think she's made not a not a huge number of films before maybe two or three two i think yeah um 
But yeah, I didn't know anything about I very ignorantly didn't know anything about the director about Belaska Grossback. But for me as well, I spent a year in Germany when mm. I was younger and I didn't speak German. And the German sensibility in this comes across really well. Mm-hmm. They're very pragmatic people and language in Germany is an interesting creature. I found it very hard to make myself understood, but it didn't really affect uh, my life there. It was... They're very good at getting over it. And I think that comes across in this as well. They're just mm. like, okay, well, mm-hmm. we're going to make this work. Yeah. That's just... funny because me, I had like a weird like a connection with the film, but from the other side, because basically my dad's from Bosnia and, every, and when I was growing up, we would go there every summer and I didn't speak the language because I was being rebellious and I still <laughs> don't really speak it. But like now I can understand. It's very similar apparently to Bulgarian because I could understand pretty much everything they were saying, oh, which really? was really nice. But like the experience of like going to a country and not speaking the language and trying to communicate with people who are really nice and just have a drink and stuff and a completely different lifestyle from yours that was like very moving to me to watch that on screen because there are not that many films about it mm. it was really nice I particularly enjoyed Adrian uh, played by Suleiman uh, Alilov Letifov I don't know if he's a professional actor because I believe a lot of these uh, mm. a lot of the cast weren't, uh, weren't actually professional actors mm. he had a disconcerting similarity to Papa Papa, Papa Lazarus Lazaro, from, yeah. from League of Gentlemen <laughs> but once I got over that I was able to relax and enjoy the movie <laughs> Hannah, did you give the scores? I didn't know. I think it's maybe a three in anticipation, just because mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about it, and then a four and a five. I think it really does stay with you, and it's one I'd like to revisit as well. Mm. Excellent. All right. Next up, then, it's time for this week's Film Club. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This week's film club is A Fistful of Dollars, directed by Bob Robertson. Wait. <laughs> Sergio Leone, actually. Does anybody know why Sergio Leone? You know. Yes, oh. yes. I found this out last night when uh-huh. I was watching the film and kind of scrolling through Wikipedia. Uh-huh. So when they were making the Spaghetti Westerns, this is absolutely fascinating. All of the Italian cast and crew took American names because they thought it would make the film appeal more to Americans. Ennio <laughs> right. uh, Morricone had one as well. I can't remember his off the top of my head. But yeah, they all had these ridiculous... Um, Bob Amer- Robertson. Bob Rob- that was where he went. That was the first thing yeah, he thought that's, of. Yeah, like, you could have... 
done better. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. So Sergio but, Leone is an amazing name. Yeah. It's like yeah. Lion, Sergio yeah. the Lion, like... You should keep that name, man. So Bob Robertson, that's Robert Robertson. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> true. That's... Right. It's like Ask the Family all no. over again. Into a small town riven by the clash between two clans rides the man with no name. It doesn't take long for trouble to ensue. Adios, amigo. Listen, stranger, didn't you get the idea? We don't like to see bad boys like you in town. Go get your mule. You let him get away from you? <laughs> yeah, see, that's what I want to talk to you about. He's feeling real bad. Huh? My mule. You see, he got all riled up when you went and fired those shots at his feet. <laughs> hey, you making some kind of joke? Mm, no. You see, I understand you men were just playing around, but the mule, he just doesn't get it. Of course, if you were to all apologize... <laughs> I don't think it's nice you laughing as the man with no name then that's how continues. we talk isn't yeah. it magnificent alright so and it's every bit as good as you remember listeners as, as those of you who watched it will no doubt no Hannah why was this picked so we chose this in part as a sort of homage to Western, uh-huh. um, but also it is being re-released in a special anniversary wow. edition and it's in cinemas at the moment I think believe it's showing this week in certain cities. That would be amazing. So get yourself down and see... Uh, it's worth it for the opening titles alone. I must confess I had not seen this and kind of knew where what to expect with it because mm-hmm. it's a fistful of dollars. But yeah, I was blown away that so much effort used to go into opening titles. I don't think yeah. you see that as much nowadays. So, OK, quick fact check on this. Uh, it was a remake of Yojimbo, famously, Akira Kurosawa's samurai picture, which itself was based on a, a Dashiell Hammett but Kurosawa later said that he made more money, though, off Fistful of Dollars than he ever did on his original film. <laughs> Originally, it was going to be called The Magnificent Stranger until apparently about three days before the movie hit theatres, uh, which caused some confusion because they didn't tell the cast. And Clint Eastwood's trademark squint was apparently caused by the combination of the sun there in Spain, where it was filmed, and the high wattage arc lamps on the set. <laughs> <laughs> amazing it is amazing great isn't fact it? a listener comment if you would Elena. yes Angus wrote having never seen Fistful of Dollars before the film was everything I expected it to be in the best possible way Morricone's score underpins and accentuates the mood of the film so well and I love the way that Leone uses extreme close-ups to render such striking portraits of his characters oh he does doesn't he yeah I was very yeah. very much of that time the way you would just pause the action and spend five minutes Crash those zooming on people's favorite, eyes. Those were my yeah. favourite bits, where you kind of got these magnificent close-ups of uh, Clint's face. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now, for me, I think that's quite an Italian thing. There were a lot of movies of that of that yeah, time seem definitely. to be. I mean, it might be you know quite a universe, but there's none of that in Western. No. <laughs> yeah, you're right. So he also mentions Angus that the number of actors who turned down the part. Apparently, Henry Fonda was the first choice. Then. James Coburn, who proved to be too expensive. Charles Bronson said no after describing it as the worst script he'd ever seen. They then went to Richard Harrison, who also turned it down, but suggested that Leone have a look at Rawhide, the popular American uh, Western TV show. So they went to Rawhide and offered Eric Fleming the part who was in that. And he said no, but why don't you try this fellow Clint Eastwood? So, what, fifth, sixth choice? Eventually, Mm -hmm. because nobody else would do it, Clint 
does this film, can you imagine it without, I mean, you talk about the rampage without Rock, but this without Clint, (laughs) unthinkable. I I can see why they wanted to have Charles Bronson because he's got like an amazing face, uh, amazing eyes and stuff, but he's not as good as an actor as Clint. I think Clint is like such a good actor. Interesting, because this film is almost a study in not acting. It can't be asked to act. But even just like, you know, like the subtle like twitch of the eyes and Mm. stuff. I think Bronson, I mean, I've I've recently rewatched Death Wish, his Death Wish. Oh, yeah. I mean, by then he was quite older already, but like he was so terrible. Like he just, he couldn't even walk convincingly. It's quite amazing to watch. So yeah, I'm glad they went for Clint. Right. I mean, that iconic call that Clint brings to this and and so many other movies until he went a bit funny. Uh, (laughs) Everything post Gran Torino was just, yeah, yeah, just pretend didn't happen. Remarkable. And Harrison, Richard Harrison, says that his greatest contribution to cinema was not doing a fistful of dollars and recommending Clint for the part. Great quote, as as Angus points out. I hadn't really realised that when this came out, it wasn't thought to be very good at all. Really? Yeah, people kind of thought it was very um, hokey, which it is. It, it is. That's kind of and the point. <laughs> I was talking to a friend of mine, I said to her, I've got to watch Fistful of Dollars and she's American and, uh-huh. she, and she kind of grew up watching this because it seems to be a thing in America that your grandparents will all be obsessed with Westerns. So she's like, oh yeah, yeah, I can't believe people ever took those films seriously. Really? And I don't think they did. I think that was the problem. Everyone kind of saw it as these like ridiculous parodies of what Westerns should be. But watching it now, there's something very charming about the uh, the hokiness of it. Well, because it's an Italian version of... You know, mm. Italy, for example, in the 50s had all their versions of American rock and roll songs. You'd have, I don't know, Bobby mm. Solo and all these kind of people <laughs> doing. And this essentially was the Italian version, or the movie equivalent of that, but done with an art that yeah. transcended in, in any way the original. Like- yeah. It's it, looking back. I was curious to see which one it was because I mean, I've seen them all, but some time ago. And we're going back, and this one has got so many of the classic bits in it: the iron breastplate, yeah, all those lines of dialogue about you making some kind of joke, get three coffins ready, all that stuff's in this. The coffin things is just great. I love the bit at the beginning where he opens the door and the coffin maker just sat on the roof <laughs> making a coffin, just like staring at him. <laughs> it's great. I think. Um, we take it for granted how much the um, Sergio Leone films have influenced mm. the, the genre and have influenced cinema and gave us Clint Eastwood, which is... But who went on to make one of the best westerns with Unforgiven. Yeah. yeah. And also, I, I would say The Good, The Bad and The Ugly, which I've seen, I can't remember how many times, but if this was seen as hokey, I can't believe anyone didn't <laughs> see Good, The Bad and The Ugly and think this is, I mean, it's just one of the most magnificent epic films ever made. Visually, absolutely stunning, but also just the way that the the way that Sergio Leone paces it and spins the plot, I think, is just fabulous. It's probably not worth including this film club because everyone's seen that a billion times anyway. But good, the band, the uglies, as well as being probably the best film title ever, <laughs> and that's without even getting onto any of Morricone's score. But uh, there you go. What a top choice for film club. I wonder what we're going to be doing next week. So, as we've discussed, we are going to be talking about. Let the Sunshine In, which is Claire Denis' new film. A film called The Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society, Mm. which is a terrible name, but apparently I've heard it on Good Authority, not a bad film. I've seen it. You've seen it and you're not a fan. I'm not going to say before next week. We'll Well, leave that out there. We will leave that to be determined. And uh, for Film Club, we're doing an early Claire Denis film called... uh, Beau yeah. Beau Beau Travail, which yeah. is regularly regarded as one of the finest films ever made. We no? voted it, it the best film of the 90s. Who did? Little White Lies. Did you? Well, I don't know if we voted it 
or the readers voted it. Sight and the sound, that kind of thing. They're often saying, oh, it's one of the yeah. top 100 ever it made. It is incredible. Best film it is. Oh, you've seen it, Elena? Oh, yeah, I've seen it a bunch of times. I'm, uh-huh. I'm really feel really happy for everyone who's going to watch it for Film Club okay. because it is honestly like so dreamy. Really? <laughs> dreamy is like, no, yeah, but it's amazing. All right. It's very, um, quite homoerotic as well, which is great. Also good. <laughs> Always a good thing. Yeah. Well, that's excellent. So that is our homework for next week when, as you say, we will be tackling that Guernsey film and let the sunshine in. Do let us know your thoughts at the usual addresses, truthandmovies at tcolondon.com, etc. Anything else we should know? Any other screenings we should be looking out for? Anything you guys going to be doing of a particular interest? Are you off to Cannes soon, Elena? Yeah, I am. When's that? I think it's beginning of May. Or something. Oh, is it eighth of May? Eighth yeah. of May, yeah. right? Okay. Are you excited about the lineup? Yeah, it's very weird, very different. Why? Because usually they have like the usual big names, and this time they've shaken it a bit. I mean, they're still quite like famous people, mm. but not not uh, main competition titles usually. Mm. So I think it's quite interesting. I think there's going to be some announcements to come out of it. I think Lars von Trier is probably going to make an appearance. Ooh. But the big, the big exciting thing for me, I'm not going, but uh, the big exciting thing is Spike Lee's new film. Yeah. yeah. It's just the first time he's been to Cannes in 27 years. Well, this is his first film in a long time, isn't it? First film in a couple of years. When was his last um, one? The Sweet Blood of Jesus. Black Klansman? Is that what it's called? I, I, yeah, it looks very, very good cast. Adam Driver's in it, who oh. I'm a big fan of. And oh, nice. Little fact that is quite fun. Uh, Topher Grace uh-huh. is in both Black Klansman and Under the Silver Lake. Two American films in competition at Cannes, Black Klansman and Under the Silver Lake. All right, by the and man who made... It Follows. It Follows, which is great. Yes. Huh? And, just uh, the right level of scary for me. Th- well, this is like kind of a thriller, his okay. new one. It looks it a looks bit like uh, Donnie Darko. Do- a bit Donnie Darko, a bit uh, Inherent Vice, mm. a bit pulpy. But Topher Grace, who I've not seen in a film since the mid-noughties, <laughs> yeah. is in both of these films. Remarkable, so. isn't it? There was a rumour that Solo was going to be premiering at the Cannes Film Festival. Was yeah, that not it, happening? No, it is happening. Oh, it yeah, is happening. Yep. It's out of competition. They're doing a special screening. It's the third Star Wars film to premiere at Cannes. Oh. Yes, I think. Uh, one of the original trilogy did, and then weirdly, Revenge of the Sith. I think right, that is weird. It, can. It, wow. it doesn't seem like a natural fit, but apparently, can love Star Wars. So who doesn't? We get it out like two weeks later. So if you're not at can, don't worry. Okay. All right then. Excellent. Well, then that is it for this week's Truth and Movies. Thank you ever so much for listening. Many thanks to both Hannah and Elena, and uh, we'll be back next week with those aforementioned movies. Have a super time. In the meanwhile, this has been a Seven Digital production. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack. 
for free shipping and 365-day returns.